Welcome to the Inside Sales Enablement Podcast. Where has the profession been? Where is it now? And where is it heading? What does it mean to you, your company, other functions, the market? Find out here. Join the founding father of the sales enablement profession, Scott Santucci, and trailblazer Brian Lambert as they take you behind the scenes of the birth of an industry. The Inside Sales Enablement Podcast starts now. I'm Scott Santucci. I'm Brian Lambert, and we are the Sales Enablement Insiders. Our podcast is for sales enablement leaders looking to elevate their function, expand their sphere of influence, and increase the span of control within their companies. Together, Brian and I have worked on over 100 different kinds of sales enablement initiatives as analysts, consultants, or practitioners. We've learned the hard way what works, and perhaps what's more important, what doesn't. This podcast is focused on you and being a great orchestrator. We've had a lot of episodes on orchestration and being an orchestrator to elevate your role. And on this particular episode, we're going to talk more about the commercial ratio. But before we do that, Scott, do you have a centering story for us? I do. I got a, I've got a little short one. Actually, a lot of us are going to be familiar with this, uh, this story. It's a children's tale uh, from the mid-1800s from uh, Jans Christian Andersen. And really, it's about the emperor's new clothes. And if we remember that, if we remember that story, some swindlers go into this, into this village and they say, we've got this amazing new fabric. And it's the most amazing, comfortable, uh, glorious new fabric. And here's the deal. What makes it super amazing is only smart people can see it. The dumb people can't see or appreciate how valuable this fabric is. And the emperor was like, wow, I want to do that. And all the emperor's uh, aides would look at this, uh, look at the progress that these guys were doing after they set up their loom and uh, make the emperor's new clothes, his new outfit, his new wardrobe. And they watch his progress because, of course, the emperor wants to see his advisors. And none of them wanted to admit that they didn't see anything at at play because keep in mind, these guys are scam artists, right? Uh, but no one wanted to admit that they couldn't see it because by admitting it that, that they couldn't see it, guess what was happening? They were saying that I'm stupid, right? Because only stupid people can't, can't see it. So, wow, that's fabulous. And then the other aide would be, oh, you're right. I see how fabulous it is too. It's amazing. That's looking, that's looking great, boss. That's looking great. So uh, uh, everybody sort of kicks the can down the road and the emperor does. He puts the clothes on and the, the, uh, the charlatans mime out putting it on his clothes so the emperor doesn't want to admit (laughs) that uh he can't see it too so he just assumes everybody else's and he walks out and parades out and of course no one wants to say anything to the emperor uh until the little kid says hey he's got no clothes so that's that's the moral of that story and that's our centering story (laughs) all right so what so what does that have to do with sales enablement? We're actually talking about really the, the, the premise of that fable and sometimes simple, uh, the simple things um, not, uh, not available to us. And w- what we're talking about is really the commercial ratio. And really what, we're t- what, what the commercial ratio is, is more or less the kid saying, hey, there's no clothes here. In sales and marketing, we spend tons and tons and tons and tons of money and tons and tons of energy and throw tons of headcount at trying to drive more sales. But is it productive? 
And the whole idea of the commercial ratio is a simple view to say, does the sum of the parts, are, do, do the sum of the parts, are, are they greater than the whole? So it's a simple idea, but unfortunately, a lot of us don't want to bring it up. We want to be the aides because we don't want to upset the emperor. So as, as that is a frame of reference, I'm delighted to introduce uh, Kunal Mehta, and he's been <laughs> really sort of advocating and developing this, uh, this, this commercial ratio concept. And what we're going to do is learn from him what some of the experience, experiences he's had as uh, his company, TCV, private equity firm, has rolled out the commercial ratio to their portfolio companies. So Kanal, please introduce yourself and, and sort of set the tone a little bit. What is commercial ratio and why is TCV so interested in it? And how are you guys rolling out some of your portfolio members? Thanks, Scott and, and Brian. And, and again, my name is Kunal Mehta. I head up the Center of Excellence for Sales and Marketing at TCV. And um, the commercial ratio is is really a... it's. It's a center of gravity for internally how we talk at TCV about driving efficiency across sales and marketing. Um, and it, it comes naturally inside of TCV, um, but, but there's certainly um, uh, more work to do uh, when we introduce it inside the portfolio company. And, and, and I love the story you told, Scott. I, I, um, I was watching a YouTube video this morning, and I, I have no idea how their algorithm works for... Um, serving up videos to me, but uh, there was one that came up on hand gliding and uh, I've never clicked on anything hand gliding uh, related or, or um, um, have any interest whatsoever in hand gliding. But this guy, I clicked on this one and Chris Gortsky uh, was the guy who was in the video and he had uh, signed up for this class in Switzerland and the, the, the instructor forgot to strap him in and, and he took off and, uh, the video was about this guy holding on for dear life um, for about two minutes and 14 seconds. And um, that's all he could think about. And, and I feel like when we roll this out into a portfolio company, if they just trust the system and hold on for, for, for a brief moment, I think they'll see the value in the commercial ratio really quickly. Um, but there is that moment where they just got to, they got to overcome that um, and see how it's worked uh, at other companies and, and kind of get, get uh, rooted in the, in the process. So there's, there's uh, uh, it's something that every company ultimately though, though comes to, to talk about more naturally over time with TCV. So that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking here is I love using stories and I know you do too, to introduce a brand new idea. And I know that a lot of our, our, our members and our listeners just say, yeah, like, just get to the point. You just get to the point. I think the, the point here is that, I think what you're saying, Kanal, is that commercial ratio, it's like flying. And it's something different. If you never hang glide before, the first step is stepping off that cliff and just hanging on for dear life. Uh, that fear factor that lasts for a few minutes before you go, hey, I'm flying you got to be willing to take that first step off the cliff in the first place. Is that more or less what, you, what you're trying to introduce to us? That's correct. Yeah, so the, I think then what, what I'd like us to do is let's, let's review. What is the commercial ratio? Commercial ratio is a, is a metric, and it's a metric that simply is, is a, it, it, I can't keep stressing how simple the calculation is and how complex most people want to make it. 
most, most non-finance people. But it's taking, it's basically, it's revenue growth, which is calculated by, say, the annual revenue growth that you've got this year, subtracted from the revenue growth from last year. That's your revenue growth. And it's subtracted by, um, well, that's the top. That's the numerator. And then the denominator is the total spending that you've had for sales and marketing for that period, during that period of time. That's it. And that's what the ratio is. That's how, what it is. So, Kunal, why is that so important? And why is that such a revealing metric for, say, investors and CEOs and CFOs? What does that tell us? Yeah, so, so it's, it's, uh, it tells us about the efficiency of sales and marketing. Um, you know, from a private equity perspective, we, use, we view that as, as a single function of driving revenue. Um, what you often see, though, is those two functions don't operate very cohesively together. Um, and that shows up in the ratio and shows up in a much lower ratio, the more kind of divorced from each other that they are. Um, the, the, the ratio itself, if, you, if you've ever watched the movie Moneyball, um, it, it, it's, it's the number that they came up with is, is on base percentage. And, and how, you know, how do we drive that number up to generate more wins? Who are the, what are the type of people we need to, to bring onto the team that are going to drive that number up and ultimately generate runs, which generates wins? Um, we've, the commercial ratio is very, very similar in that regard. We want to look at the company through the eyes of that ratio and what they're doing to drive more efficiency on that ratio. And um, uh, any private equity company that you look at, certainly, will, will also want to look at efficiency overall. And it's so funny when um, uh, we could be making peanut butter and jelly, and jelly sandwiches, and we want to do it as efficiently as possible, even against our own kids. So the, the, um, the way the, um, the ratio works, it just gives us a real quick sense of how that revenue engine is working inside the company now. Um, and then where we can, we can um, you know, looking through that lens, we can look for opportunities then to, to introduce projects that, that help improve that ratio. And it certainly drive companies to work closer together inside of sales and marketing. That's awesome. So let, let's keep it this uh, tops down view from an investor standpoint. And let me share with you. So we, you know, as you know, we've been, we've had a webinar on the commercial ratio We've got commercialratio.com as a, as a site to share this information. So we're getting a lot of feedback. And some of the questions uh, really arrive at, well, why would you just focus on sales and marketing to focus on growth? Really, sales is involved in driving all of revenue. Why would you just track it that way? That seems like a stupid metric, which is, these are exact quotes I've heard. So why, would, why are we not factoring in all looking at all of the revenue growth and assigning uh, sales and marketing there. Because if you look at sales and marketing through that lens, the return on investments, tremendous. The way we've calculated it um, and the way, the way you guys are talking about it, we, we view sales and marketing primarily as the, the, um, the biggest lever to driving growth. I, I don't think it's any surprise to any of your listeners that the relationships between those two functions just just uh, are often poor. So what's the fastest way to, to move the needle? It is to build a metric that combines the, the, the two, two groups together and focuses them on projects that if they don't work on together, 
um, they'll, they'll never move the needle on efficiency. So, um, you know, an example of that might be um, if we've chosen and we know the companies that have the highest likelihood to buy, why wouldn't we focus sales on those named accounts, but also marketing on, on uh, providing air cover and ground cover specifically to those accounts? Um, as simple as that sounds, you know, the majority of companies don't, don't actually have a, a, a systematic way about going, uh, going and, and doing that. So, Kunal, you and I had, had the great opportunity to introduce the commercial ratio even before we did the, uh, did the webinar to a handful of some of your leading portfolio companies. Can you give our audience uh, a, a flavor of some of their questions? And, you know, you, you have a huge advantage being the owners of businesses. You get to sort of say, this is a metric that we want you to do. Uh, the rest of us are going to have to bubble that up and, and do it. So, how, how would you describe the, the introduction of uh, the commercial ratio and how, to, yeah. how do you feel about doing it? And, and you know, it's, a, it's such a good question. I think, I think um, one of the big lessons learned is, is um, with, with folks at, at TCV, finance and metrics um, come very naturally to them. And, and we potentially get ahead of ourselves in how we used to communicate that. Um, to companies and 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 they may not, they might not have been ready for the message uh, because it, it you know while something so naturally comes to to a finance person it might not come that naturally to a sales leader or a marketing leader um, so we've had to really sit down and kind of explain the ratio in the meeting that you're talking about with kind of the sales ops leaders uh, I think there is a combination of a little bit of fear. Um, a little bit of vulnerability, and and then ultimately it's like, ah, I get it, I get it. I think what TCV is doing as we onboard certainly new companies now is we're spending much more time walking through how we think about efficiency, how we measure this metric, and and kind of what can move the uh, needle on value creation, uh, and certainly this metric and the number. Yeah, so I want to add some uh, add some color to this because. Uh... Kunal, you and I have been working on this uh, concept for eight, nine months, right? I mean, it's been a while. One of the things that, uh, that I'd like to highlight is how do we arrive at the, the metric? We were interviewing uh, general partners in your company, and what do they look for? And I remember one in particular where we ask, I, I love starting out asking open-ended questions. We asked that one open-ended question, and one of your general partners just started listing out, I, th- I lost track, I, I couldn't keep track enough. Of all yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I know, right? I know you do, right? Because I remember <laughs> us talking about it. I was like, could you keep track of all of them? <laughs> like 30, 37 different, very specific metrics that he was just rattling off in his head. That's yeah. How he's able to connect the dots in his head. Remember that? Could you kind of- I totally remember. It took him like a minute, not even a minute, to, to, and he just kept going. Yeah, exactly. We had to sort of, whoa. And then um, what we have to recognize is that everybody has their own unconscious confidence. And to be able to get all of those metrics down into one thing is really empowering because I know a lot of us are going to want to focus on all the individual details. But then when, he, when we asked, so why all those numbers? He got to, well, I'm looking at productivity. I'm looking at, I, I want to figure out the levers of how we get. 
So really you're looking at this thing. He said, well, that's how I'd explain it to other people. You just asked me how I do it, right? <laughs> and it's, 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 it's really funny and it's natural because that's the way human beings are. But I think if it, what, what is very hard to realize is that's what he does for a living. He helps you see the future and say, this is where your business is going to be the most valuable in the future. But where you are today is your, 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 your companies, the, the client companies, uh, the portfolio companies are dealing in the present, in most cases, the past because of the data that they're looking at. So it's a big shift. And I think that's one of the things that we need to be a more um, understanding of so that we can appreciate what our investors are looking at. So, Kanal, we, we've talked then, and so as, this, as we've gotten simplicity around the, uh, the, the, the ratio with inside your, your portfolio, uh, your general partners, now the question becomes, how do we get the portfolio companies, CEO, CFO? So why is it that your leaders believe the CFO is the person to uh, introduce this metric to? You, you know, I, it's, uh, there is a, um, if you look at the leader, the, the, the leader inside a TCV, I think he became um, frustrated with, over the years of saying, uh, looking at like, we've made these gigantic investments in sales and marketing, and it's it often falls short of what was originally uh, promised. And um, it led to, um, it led to really him as the leader kind of declaring war, which is why this magic number took root at TCV, declaring war on inefficiency effectively. And, and how, do we, how do we drive um, these two teams to work together? Um, and, and this was the metric that every uh, general partner was already using in a slightly different way, but it was what they were using to you know, try to drive the teams to work together. What they didn't have and where, where portfolio ops at TCV kind of is starting to move the needle overall is building these, these sets of projects um, that, that more scientifically uh, move that needle. Um, but, but, you know, if you look at the evolution of why this mattered to TCV, it really came down to a lot of companies were made promises early on in terms of sales and marketing and how how much it's going to deliver. And, and they just got really, the, the, the leaders inside of TCV just got super frustrated that they never saw that. And they easily saw both teams weren't working together. In some cases, the way we asked for the metrics often propagated that because we asked for marketing metrics and sales metrics. So now we've even taken a step back and, and we, we look at the numbers specifically um, and then how are we moving the needle on the overall uh, commercial ratio? So I think, so let me translate this to, to our audience of why I think this is so powerful. And so it's simple, but it's transformative. What is the highlight is I, I, for all my years in B2B sales and marketing, I've heard about sales and marketing alignment, right? We've heard about that. Uh, and guess what? those departments haven't aligned on their own. Uh, so what's powerful about this metric is we, the investors, aren't going to ask you about sales and marketing anymore. We're interested in your commercial process, of which we view sales and marketing as two sides of the same coin. They're both the same thing. So that's one thing. That's one way that you guys are definitely looking at it, right, Kanal? Yeah, that's a hundred. I think you, you articulated it way more effectively than I did. It's, one, it's two sides of the same coin. 
And well, this is the this is the advantage of doing things together as a team, right? Uh, you are immersed in all those details, and the amount of I mean, he's gonna Canal's gonna have to get on a call and go through intense amount of uh, d- detail for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the day, right? So th- this is the this is the advantage of doing things in partnership with or collaboration. That I think that's the right. second thing that's so cool that's that's highlight that's being highlighted here is the accountability that's associated with that metric. Because that's one of the things that uh, anybody who's been in sales and marketing or sales ops has seen is the lack of accountability for uh, across those departments. So another thing that's happening, Kanal, is that your, your leadership are saying, we're going to hold somebody in your business accountable. Yeah. Tell, us, tell me about how that conversation goes. Yeah, so so I I love the way you explained it, two sides of the same coin. Like once we get the two teams to to see that, how do you win the war within, you know, so to speak, um, when you have so much muscle memory working against you? um, It often requires that objective party, which I think was your original question. The CFO kind of naturally speaks the language of private equity and, and has uh, whether it's the CFO or the CEO, they they have the the power uh, certainly to get both teams to work together and be held accountable to that ratio. Um, so, so it's almost like an objective referee who's accountable that can that can uh, you know not for, force is the wrong word because I think once they see it's two sides of the same coin, they they work together. But there is a war within uh, because the two departments typically have not worked together and there's so much muscle memory uh, that that's working against them and so much connective tissue that just needs to be built um, that hasn't built before. So that the role of the CFO or the CEO who's held accountable kind of provides that objective third party to keep them, keep them moving on track. So I love that you, you called the CFO a referee. That's such a great, um, that's such a great illustrative concept. Because as the, as the referee, they're interested in making sure the rules of the game are being followed, right? And right. one of the rules that we have to do is we have to make sure we're, we're doing profitable growth. And if we're spending too much resource, to, if we're spending way too much sales and marketing resource to drive revenue growth, then we're not following the rules of how we'll be evaluated. And I think as part of that referee, referees are inherently fair. And I think one of the things that people uh, in sales and marketing uh, do is because they don't have uh, a good mastery of, um, we'll call it financial language, they're intimidated to ask for help with CFOs. But really, if you just do a little bit of work and meet them halfway, don't CFOs try to help connect the dots? Isn't that what you see more often than not instead of just eliminate budgets? Tell me what... What that looks I, like. Scott, I think I think the role of the CFO, like um, um, his, they're extremely committed. I think to to understanding the business and working with the business. Um, you know, met many times. Uh, other departments are intimidated by that, but uh, yeah. it's it's like that hand gliding example that we just started with. It's like they're they're a partner in your success, um, and if they don't understand what you're doing, they can also be a partner in and, and cutting too fast because that that's a natural tendency for a CFO to do. So you're going to want them on, on your side either way. So let, let, we've got uh, two minutes left of your time and then Brian and I will, will, will wrap up. 
Um, what would be some, uh, knowing what our audience is, because you were one of us before Canal, right before you became uh, a, a, a private equity person, you've been a sales enablement, sales operations person. What advice would you give past Kunal? You know, and what advice would you give about embracing the commercial ratio? What steps should you uh, go do immediately to start helping the business? What would you do? What would you yeah, do? yeah. So ultimately, the role of, of sales enablement is to drive um, revenue more efficiently, right? So, so we're aligned on the definition um, that they are they are a productivity engine. They, their projects focus on you know making the sales rep more efficient or more effective in front of the customer. I, I think earlier on in my career, the the prescription was a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. To, and and um, there was many, many of those mason jars that you've used in the past that's, that uh, goes into just driving all sorts of activity around what we thought would drive, you know, better knowledge of products, solutions, make, make uh, reps more efficient. But ultimately, in the end, when we got asked to prove out the value, um, the the it became you know over over time it was easy for um, anyone who's sophisticated to see how superficial the connection was between you know an enablement activity and the ultimate um, effect on on revenue. Um, you know what where I believe you know we've evolved to with this ratio is you can actually do less. Um, and have less activity and be, you know, work on projects that you have much more confidence on where and how it's going to move the, the, the efficiency needle overall in the company. And I think that's, that's a better um, place to start from, from an enablement perspective. They can, they, you know, an enablement professional can have much more precision over why something's going to work and they can have much more precision with working with the CFO or, and others on, 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 you know, what they're going to do to impact that ratio over a one, two, three year period um, versus just, uh, you know, being focused on so much activity um, and, 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 and potentially even propagating more complexity than, than, uh, than they should. Excellent. So let me jump in here real quick, Scott. One of the things that, that this discussion is bringing up in, in my mind is the idea of proactive versus reactive and what does that really mean? The commercial ratio, is it, is it a reactive or a proactive metric in your mind? I, I, it's, it's neither. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we have to do is it's, it's, it's a metric that says, here's how we're doing. Proactive or reactive is a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not a measure of either. It's a measure of how well you're doing. Yeah, I love that. And I, the reason why I'm framing it that way is I think so much of sales enablement is considered either reactive or proactive. We're either doing or, you know, tactically or we're taking time for strategy and most of the time people are in a, a reactive mode. And when you think about it that way, perhaps that's been some of the struggle that our listeners have had is this metric is what it is, but what am I supposed to do with it? What problem do I solve with this? And that stance of what problem do I solve is how, how people are really wired 
in sales and actually sales and marketing. Great, you're showing me a metric. Now what am I supposed to do about it? What, what I think this metric does, what the commercial ratio does, in, in my mind, I'd love your take on this, but it actually moves into a, a, a more of a discussion in the gap that, between strategy and tactics, you know, strategication, that is more around what do we need to prevent? You know, what problem do we need to prevent as, a, as opposed to what problem do we need to solve? The metric is what it is, but what do we need to do to start moving the needle over time? Well, I think, um, I think that's right. I think the way that I would characterize uh, w- what you're talking about is in business, we all know that immediately people want to start prescribing action. I want to take action. You know, you hear it all the time. So it's red. Much- it's red. I'm supposed to do something. Go, go, go. Right. Go, 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 go. And um, part of the difficulty, though, is when you take action without any, any strategy, guess what happens? You get random acts of enablement and you drive down your commercial ratio. Yeah, it gets worse. It gets worse. So what the commercial ratio really is, is a way to center. Let's take five minutes here to talk about the implications of what we're doing. That's it. Let's frame out what are the cause and effect relationships here. And wouldn't it be great if we could do three things that are going to have 50% impact rather than do 50 things that are going to have a 3% impact. And that's really what we're, we're, we're talking about. Many of us know this is the 80-20 rule. Uh, some of us know this is systems thinking. All of these things, though, are the same thing. You have unintended consequences when you go off and do stuff. Yeah. And, and taking that time to figure out why are we doing something and then what implications do, do we ha- are, are we going to have and where we want to get to in the future rather than just doing something right now to make uh, a short-term pain go away. That's really what the, the value of the commercial ratio really brings to bear. And it starts to create the space for a theme that we've been talking about over and over and over again on our podcast where the idea of orchestration, the orchestrator role of a sales enablement person can actually take shape. If you don't create the space for it, those seeds are never going to blossom. So you have to be able to create the space to do it. And part of creating that space is just carving out that five minutes of, can we just agree on what we want to accomplish? Yeah, that's great. And I, I think um, the, Interesting thing about that, when you carve out that space and you, you say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help orchestrate that, declaring war on inefficiency comment that Kunal made. I love that. Uh, and I think that should be the title of this podcast. <laughs> um, because it's, it is, it, that is a proactive statement. That is a, a mission to achieve. That's a bit of a rally cry. I mean, who's, who do you know that's, that's uh, declared war on inefficiency other than, you know, a handful of people, yourself included, right? So that concept to me is, is one, it's needed in sales enablement because we, you know, I've been on a lot of calls. Well, you know, our processes are not aligned or we have old legacy technology. Our Salesforce instance doesn't even allow for multiple opportunities. We have all this stuff wrong. Training is doing this wrong. Marketing is doing this wrong. People know there's inefficiency. I mean, if that's, if, if people disagree, there's inefficiency, I, I really want to talk to them. I mean, it's, it's a given to the most people I talk to, but what are you going to do about it? 
Well, I think there's a, there's a couple things, right? I think number one is if you're listening to this, please go visit commercialratio.com. And if you have questions, ask them. And then let, let's try to get more of a dialogue. I love Kunal's uh, metaphor about the hang glider. You have mm-hmm. to, you just have to take that first step and trust the hang gliding equipment and know full well that the first time you jump off that, uh, jump off that, uh, <laughs> off that <laughs> cliff, it's yeah. going to feel scary as heck because you've never flown before. Yeah. Trust your own strength and trust that you can do it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's, it's also trust the tool, trust the yeah. apparatus. So if, mm-hmm. if the hang gliding equipment that Canal's talking to is the commercial ratio and, you know, take confidence in it, you could say, oh, it's uh, theoretical, but you'd be wrong. It's been rolled out to 57 companies it's been shot for months uh, to get just right within private equity uh, general managers. The fact that uh, there's that kind of discussion, do you think it anybody in private equity is going to roll out a metric that isn't accurate? Right. I mean, come on, let's be, let's yeah. be real here. Um, get CEO approval to Kunal did um, CEOs have looked at it inside of the portfolio companies. I mean, this has been, not, no, not looked at it. Used. Let's make sure they not use, they are mandated to, be accountable that's a big difference yeah they are mandated by their investors to be accountable for that metric this isn't i like it i use it you are going to be held accountable for that number is the ceo going to take that take on that accountability or are they going to find somebody else inside the organization to to pin it on the chances are they put find somebody else to pin it on, and then with that accountability comes authority. Mm-hmm. So just follow the chain here of logic and power and authority and all that other stuff. I think that's that's the key point to pay attention to. And the more you map to the metric and the work that you're doing, you're going to find a power base inside your company whom you can partner with. And by partnering with that power base person, that's why we spent the time painting the tapestry. The CFO is the referee. If you're not building relationships with the CFO, you're not building off of the power base because the person who has the power with this, or at least keeping score of it, is is for the most part going to be the CFO. If you have a friend in finance, learn some of the terminology. If we're in this space and you don't don't know the terminology or Worse, make sure that you're using the right terminology. Some of the feedback that we've got from people don't really understand the the uh, the basic accounting rules of what what numbers go into uh, cost of revenue and what numbers go into sales and marketing expense and why those things are that place and why that accounting matters. It matters a lot because you have to know what kind of numbers are actually in the scorecard that you do. And the reason that you need to know those things is because those are the specific levers that you need to pull. It isn't complicated. It's just intimidating because it's not accessible. Admit that and then find people who can help you connect the dots on that. But those are things that we need to do. And I think one of the things that we need to do, Brian, is uh, you know make uh, provide a, a very simplistic, here's the basics uh, of an income statement and here's what the numbers mean. And then this is what it means to you. Yeah. 
So you've outlined a couple of things. Let's use this as the wrap up. Um, one, go to commercialratio.com. Another thing that you're suggesting is definitely have a friend in finance, understand the balance sheet. There's also this, this uh, angle of look, almost uh, look, look in the mirror and tell yourself, one, this is real. <laughs> Two, this is validated. Three, it's coming. And, and ask yourself, why not you? You know, we, you, you've talked about this on the webinars. Some of our listeners may not have actually attended the webinars, but if not you, then who's going to do this, right? So what other ad- advice do you have for folks that want to get started? How do they get started in digesting this as an orchestrator? Well, I think st- step number one is uh, before getting started, find some way to check whether or not y- you understand it. One of the things that I've noticed is uh, there are a lot of people who will launch in and think that they understand it, but they don't have somebody to check their accuracy. And there's, it's one thing to finance C- CFOs or, or financial analysts. Uh, let's just not talk about the guy who manages your budget. That's a different person in finance, but a CFO is pretty forgiving on inac- data inaccuracies if the structure of the information is correct. But what I mean by that is um, if, if your revenue number is inconsistent with his revenue number, but you're following the right kinds of principles, like revenue goes here and, you know, cost of sale, cost of revenue goes here and, you know, how you're, the format that you're doing, it'd be pretty easy for them. They will be appreciative because they'll know your data inaccuracies have much more to do about their, the, the, the operating data and less to do about your structure. But if you show up and you're, st- you're trying to lump cost of sales in with sales and marketing budgets, you're going to be not, it's going to be very frustrating because you're basically saying, I don't know how income statements work. And then I want you to do things for me, but you're not meeting them halfway. It would be like somebody coming in and telling you, here's how you should sell. It's pretty offensive. And a, many of our, our listeners are making those kinds of mistakes. So find somebody first to make sure at the simplistic level, you're knowing which buckets are being put in what. I think the second thing that you need to do in terms of getting started is finding somebody that you can role play out what the message looks like. Because how you deliver this message is really important. If you deliver it um, tone deaf to not, to, uh, not to your different audiences, what's going to happen is you're going to offend or you're going to get, um, you get treated with uh, a lot of pushback. And then the third thing is, before you go pitch it, make sure you have a plan. Because what's going to happen is once you pitch it, immediately your, your executives are going to have some questions and they're going to frame them out. To, you're going to think of them as intense. What's really happening is they're just trying to understand. So make sure you're prepared uh, to deal with that and not, uh, not take it personally. And then the second thing that you're going to need to do is they're going to ask you for recommendations. And if you don't have recommendations there, at least have a great message of saying, here's why I needed the time to do it. Next week, I'll provide recommendations and it'll look like this. You have to anticipate all of those things before you pitch it, which means you have to go through all those steps. Make sure that you've got, you know, your, your dots connected in the structure of, of what the 
the financial rules are associated with income statements, number one. Number two, role play it out for different roles. It's not about whether you understand it or not. It's about, are you connecting it with the CFO? Are you not alienating the head of sales? Are you not alienating the CMO? And uh, does the CEO understand it? And then the third thing would be, so what's your plan? You need to be able to do all three of those things. So my suggestion is start with one, then do two, and then do three. One, two, three. Great. Anything else uh, you want to share before we wrap up? No, I just think of that. Thank you so much. Uh, we th- thank Kunal. Hopefully that was yeah. valuable. My suggestion definitely is listen to that over and over again. There's a lot of insight really captured in uh, the, the lessons learned from, uh, from Kunal being on the inside of, a, of, a, of an investor. Number two, visit commercialratio.com. And three, uh, sh- uh, make sure that you get a chance to watch the webinar. Uh, uh, around using the commercial uh, commercial ratio to really move the needle. Moving the needle using the commercial ratio is the, is the title of that. It's chock full of a lot of information. You probably want to listen to it again. Uh, you can find that on commercialratio.com. And please share your stories. What are you wrestling with? Uh, tell, uh, tell Brian or I what you're wrestling with or if you're following the steps, where you're struggling with. Tell us your story so that we can tell other people in our community so that all of us have the opportunity as Insider Nation to grow and uh, be proactive and skate to where the puck is heading. Great. Thanks. And uh, thank you, Kunal. And thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next podcast. And as always, check us out at InsideSE.com. And uh, make sure you send us your feedback. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for joining us. To become an insider and amplify your journey, make sure you've subscribed to our show. If you have an idea for what Scott and Brian can cover in a future podcast or have a story to share, please email them at engage at insidese.com. You can also connect with them online by going to insidese.com, following them on Twitter, or sending them a LinkedIn request.